Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm not Colin. I'm Joe. Off the top, I wanted to talk about some pairs of brothers around the league, starting with the Ball Brothers. Every day that passes, I patiently wait for the firing of David Griffin because the complete incompetence the Pelicans organization has for not re-signing Lonzo makes me want to pull my hair out. He was the perfect point guard for Zion, and in general was the perfect point guard to pair with superstar players. And although the Bulls aren't quite superstars, he still slots in remarkably. He has a 6.3 assist per game average for his career, but he doesn't need the ball in his hands every possession to be effective because his off-ball three-point shooting has increased every year he's been in the league, something Ben Simmons hasn't been able to accomplish. He's gone from shooting the ball from the left side of his head to knocking down threes at a 40% clip and pairing that with how well guys like Levine and DeRozan draw extra defenders, you're seeing why the Bulls' offense has them at 8-3, and three, tied for first in the East. I had real concerns for LaMelo coming into the league after what I've seen in Lithuania and Australia, but seeing what he did against NBA talent last year, I think him and Lonzo could be the second best pair of brothers to play in the league behind the Gasols. LaMelo was up to 19 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists per game. And like his brother Lonzo, they're both shooting the 3 at about 40%. LaMelo on 7 attempts a game. The only thing LaMelo doesn't do well is take contact. He shies away from it, and he bounces off guys. If he starts to embrace contact, get to the line more, his scoring could go up into the mid-20s, and that might be enough to take the Hornets from a playing hopeful to a playing lock in the East. Next up, I've got the Currys. Seth Curry is now a household name. He's no longer just Steph Curry's brother. Seth is averaging 16 points a game. He's 7th in the league at first quarter scoring with 7.6 points. He's shooting 48% from 3 and 58% from the field which is unheard of from a guard considering he's shooting 62% of his shots from the mid-range. His 58% field goal percentage is 13th in the league behind 10 centers, Lamarcus Aldrich, and Kevin Durant. Not to mention his true shooting mark is even better at 72.1%, which is third in the league behind Mitchell Robinson and Rudy Gobert. All they do is dunk the ball, and this guy's shooting mid-range jumpers. As far as Steph goes, he's the front-runner for MVP. He's second in the league in scoring. He leads the league in threes made. First quarter scoring. He has the high-point game of the season at 50. On top of all of that, he's averaging a career-high 6.5 rebounds per game, all while leading the 10-1 Warriors to the best record in the league. Lastly, I want to hit on the Jokic brothers versus the Morris brothers. While down double digits in Denver, with two minutes to go after Jokic cleared a rebound off the glass and was crossing half court, Markeith Morris, by far the worst of the two Morris brothers, thought it would be a good idea to take a hard foul on the reigning MVP by coming from across the court and delivering a forearm shiver to Joker's ribs. Jokic collects himself 
and as Morris was walking away from him, out of retaliation, Jokic cracked him back with a little shoulder check, at which point Markeith fell to the ground, rolling around in pain, until they brought out a stretcher, where after he was able to get up and walk to the locker room under his own power. Both players got tossed from the game, Jokic got a one-game suspension, Markeith and Jimmy Butler got hit with fines, Marcus Morris, Markeith's brother, then takes to Twitter after the game, tweeting, Waited till bro turned his back. SMH. Noted. For context sakes, Nikola Jokic has two older brothers, Nemanja and Strahinja, who are Serbian behemoths. Uh, you can find videos of these guys at some of Jokic's games going absolutely ballistic every time he gets fouled. So naturally, in response to Marcus Morris on Twitter, the Jokic brothers made a Twitter, called it Jokic Brothers, and responded, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you. Signed, Jokic Brothers. Uh, these two teams play again in three weeks, and the Jokic brothers already said they will be in attendance. I highly doubt that anything will go down as a result of this feud, but I will say Markeith deserved it. The foul on Jokic was nowhere near a basketball play, and both of the Morris brothers are annoying goons. All in all, Shaq said it best on TNT, If you hit me, do not turn around. Because you're either going to take it in the front or take it in the back. Now, let's chop it up. Everything I love when it's hot. Hit us up at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail.com with questions to get you guys more involved in the episodes. It is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. Today we have a special guest, Tyler Whitburn. What's cracking, my guy? What's up? I got you cracking up already, bro. You can't be doing this. And then, as always, after the beautiful introductory monologue, Joe, what is up? I'm ready to talk some hoops. I'm ready. We got, Let's get it. We have some interesting action. We had. We got. Jokic brothers, man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we're we talking East. We're talking the East. So, uh, <clears throat> I figure we we go right off the top uh, with the top team in the East. Well, the team tied for first in the East. We got the Chicago Bulls. Uh, last night they won one seventeen to one oh seven at home over the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Uh, Lonzo had 21-6-6. He had seven threes. Uh, Levine threw down a, a nasty 360 dunk. And then got Tech because he was barking the play before because he thought he should add an and one. Uh, Crusoe had 16 points. He had four fourth-quarter threes. Vooch had a double-double, 18-10. Uh, DeRozan, 17-7-6. What do you guys think about the Bulls? I have a pretty probably controversial statement about the Bulls. 
Um, I don't think they're good enough to actually be a contender. Well, I wouldn't say that's that controversial. Yeah, I think that they're a fun team. I think that they're like what the Clippers, like the Lob City Clippers were back in the day. Um, I like that. I think that they're doing really well right now because the Eastern Conference is incredibly shaken up by either injury, like in the Bucks case, or like Harden trying to figure out how to play basketball without shooting <laughs> 19 free throws a game. Um, now, there's a lot of good with the Bulls. Like, I'm glad that there's another Eastern Conference team that's good. Uh, Alex Caruso is a baller. Um, yeah, I know I mentioned the Bulls. It's Alex Caruso first. But... Uh, DeRozan is a, a an NBA player again yeah. like, that people care about, which is I mean, okay. Okay, <laughs> he was always an NBA player. He just played on the Spurs. A hundred percent were irrelevant. I'm just like, glad I get to hear his years. name again. Is all I'm saying because like, I've always liked Demar Derozan. But Demar Derozan, especially in today's league, like he doesn't shoot threes, like, or at least a lot. Like and he's making it work. You know, like he doesn't get to the line a lot. He hasn't been like struggling with the rule violations. He's mm-hmm. great. Um, I think that Zach Levine is still figuring out how to be that guy on this team, like he has been in previous years. Um, and I think he needs to take another, like a step up again. Um, and I also think that like Vucevic is shooting like 33% from the field yeah. as a big in today's league. Like I get he shoots a lot of jumpers and it's a lot of pick and pops, but like, He's got to be better than that if they're going to take that next step and be an actual contender in the league. Uh, yeah, or in the East, I should say. I, they they look good every night and they play like really hard on defense. I think they're really going to miss Patrick Williams as just a defensive presence all around. But yeah, this team is just kind of fun to watch. It's really nice to just have another Eastern Conference team that's been in the basement for so long. And just like these little additions that they made last year, Vucevic didn't really make sense for that team last year, but now you're seeing kind of the fruits of that coming into this year. And then, you know, DeRozan, you didn't really know if this was going to work out with Lonzo and DeRozan and Levine, but you're seeing how they play together, and it works out really well. And I really like what you said about the Lob City Clippers because it feels that exact same way, where it's just like a really fun team to watch that probably – but you don't expect them to do exactly. Anything. You probably yeah. just won't see them be like real contenders, but they'll be fun up until the playoffs, and then you can stop caring about them again. I think they have the same issue that the Knicks do, where they just they play so hard, and that's why they do well in the regular season. It's just like honestly, in today's NBA, you don't play hard in the regular season if you're contending for a championship. You don't. Yeah, hard. you see uh, Alex t- Russo like diving for everything and like raking hey, man, the ball. Alex out Russo's of- hooping. Alex Russo's going to do that. On anybody. That's, that's fair. He's trying to get paid. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, the the Caruso ball backcourt closing games has to be one of the most annoying backcourt <laughs> pairings to go against late in a game. Because, like, they're, they're the passing lane, like, jumper type of guys. So they're getting late steals, and then they're out in transition. And Lonzo and Levine might be just as good as what Lonzo and Zion was in transition. Mm. They are. Like, the synergy is already there, and it, it's been a month. Like, I, on, on the 360 dunk that Levine had, it was by a full-court, like, underhand pass by Lonzo between two people. <laughs> then he pumped a 360. Yeah. Throw it down and try the other game. Then if you 
I think a lot of why the Bulls work is Lonzo. Though. Absolutely, I was about to say it's the true. Same thing. Lonzo's a phenomenal facilitator, and the shooting is just so much better now. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to this point later, but it just goes to show you that if you really want to learn how to do something, you learn how to. Do yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> Benson. Yeah, <laughs> Lonzo. I think Lonzo's like how Jason Kidd was later in his career when he learned how to shoot the ball. That's a championship caliber point guard. You put Lonzo on a team with superstars, and he's just going to fit in. He's just going to make it work. And same thing with Alex Caruso. All they do is enhance superstars just because they know how to react off of star players, and which you know both of them could really help out a team on the West Coast. (laughs) But unfortunately... You know, they thought THT was kind of going to be better than Kevin Cruz. Hey, don't hate on THT, man. He gets his, <laughs> like... We don't even know. We, we don't even hey, he was balling for the Lakers last season is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, Tyler, what does this team need to be a true contender? It Vucevic needs to step up and shoot 50% from the field. And Zach Levine needs to average 30 again. Or close to 30. Okay. I honestly think that they could move Vooch and get more of a rim-running center that is a shot block. Daniel Gaffer. Like a guy like... 100%. No. 100%. Like a Clint Capella would just fit. A guy that doesn't need touches and will just clean stuff up. Because you got... Their scoring's never going to be the issue. No. So it's going to be... Where are you getting the defense Mitchell from? Robinson. That is not what... Mitchell Robinson. That's a good one. Alex he, Caruso. He's always, well, if, if Caruso could go in there and play center, in, in rim run, <laughs> run I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, honestly, if you swapped out Vucevic for Capella, I think actually probably both teams would benefit. And um, they like the Bulls would definitely be in better shape. For sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. Also starting Javante Green, yeah, in replace of Patrick Williams, who the, people were saying Pat Williams would be like the second coming of Kawhi. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if no, no <laughs> we're that's never gonna get another Kawhi. Bro, Kawhi is a one of one. No, Scotty Barnes is just like OG, but came in the league season. <laughs> All right, we can we can clump the Knicks and the Bull or the Bucks together because you know they played last night. Uh, the Knicks are seven and five, seventh in the East. They lost one hundred to one twelve in Milwaukee to the Bucks, who is six and six, and eighth in the East. Uh, biggest story for the Bucks is they're still missing three starters. Uh, Drew just came back last Friday, uh, the first time they played the Knicks round, but. Brooke hasn't played since opening night. Chris is out with COVID. Dante still is rehabbing the foot injury. But we still got Giannis, who is in MVP form. Right now, his field goal percentage is down below 50%. Uh, but when everybody comes back, he's going to get easier looks. And he's still managing to dish out six assists a game. And that is, like, all thanks to Grayson Allen. <laughs> who has been a godsend for this team. Such a good pickup. Like, the Giannis Grayson pick-and-roll 
looks as seasoned as the Chris Middleton and Grayson Allen pick and roll. Like the way Grayson knows how to read the defender, whether to throw the lob to Giannis or shoot the floater, has been like on point, and that's that's what you need to see, especially with a guy that you're just bringing in. I don't mean to hate on PJ Tucker. I like PJ Tucker as a player. He helped us win a championship. Um, but Grayson Allen is just a legitimately better PJ Tucker. He is younger. He can shoot the three better. And honestly, as far as defense goes, he might have more stats. PJ's probably a better offensive rebounder. Um, but outside of that, like he shoots a significantly higher percentage from the field. And uh, I'm just not going to give PJ Tucker like consolation points for trying to guard KD. <laughs> like, that whole series is like, well, KD had 40, but he made him work for it. And I'm like, I don't he care. He tired him out. But <laughs> it was tired. right. Yeah, sure yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Grayson's, right now he's averaging 15 points per game. He's shooting 42% from three, and that's on nearly nine attempts a game. And then all his in-between work, his shot-making ability from the mid-range and on the move, he can shoot it off the glass, he can shoot it from from the short corner, uh, from the elbow. Yeah, he's, he's definitely an upgrade from PJ. I think he's an incredibly underrated facilitator as well. In the amount of touches that he gets a game, he does seem to make the correct pass, and like which makes those pick and rolls significantly more deadly. Just having that someone who knows to make the extra pass. And then if you look at like the eight man rotation that we would have going right now versus the eight man that we had in the finals, it just looks better right now. Well, not obviously right now with everybody out, yeah. but like the the eight man that you can put together with Drew and Chris and Dante and then Grayson filling in and then Bobby staying. It's like, it just kind of lifts it up. And Grayson Allen, like you guys are saying, is kind of just the key to that. And this extended playing time that he's getting with Chris Middleton out is only going to build that chemistry with the rest of the squad. And, yeah, it's been very nice, very underrated pickup, very low-key, and seems like he could help deep into the playoffs. I think he'll be a, ro- a rotational player in the playoffs, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, e- easily. If, if we were trying out Bryn Forbes and Jeff Teague. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah. We, and Grayson Allen gets a spot and then some. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why the George Hill pickup, bringing George Hill back was just. A hundred percent. Yeah. A steady hand. He's not going to make the Jeff Teague plays. Exactly. That Jeff Teague would make. Well, we had zero backup point guards <laughs> at all last year. So well, yeah. having George Hill is just like. The, the hand to guide us for the 11 minutes that he's mm-hmm. going to be on the court. And then you can see how much Brooke matters to this team just based on these first couple games because Giannis is, like, gassed because he has to protect yeah. the rim and then do everything Absolutely. on offense. And that's why he's shooting so poorly from the field. So it's just like well, I mean, he's gas on offense because Chris is out. Yeah, too, exactly. And, you know, their traditional point guard is out as well. Yeah, and, it's rough. But yeah, absolutely, Brook Lopez is huge. But Bobby Portis, like I mean, I guess the Bucks, uh, you know, free agency um, is never flashy, but no. in recent years, it is exactly what we need at the time we need it. Like, yeah, we have definitely definitely got the right guys. Yeah, the, the front office has, has done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. What do you think of Jordan Wara? Because he seems like he's taking a step. The boy's a bucket. Yeah. 
I'll give, I'll give him that. He ain't scared. He ain't, he's not afraid to shoot that thing. Yeah, he was playing. And that's but, okay. You need that. Though. Yeah, he was playing for like Nigeria in the Olympics, and he was just like, mm-hmm. "Fuck it, I'll shoot whatever." <laughs> Eat thirty a game. Yeah, it was, it was easy. Exactly. No, I think Chris kind of took him under his wing this off season, and if you have him, that's like that's the hot hand off the bench. If you get twenty from him off the bench, Ooh. and like that's like Lou Williams esque. Jamal yeah, you Crawford win that game. Style. Yeah. Wins you that game, absolutely. So that is like, ooh, that's another just wrinkle. That's why people were saying this Bucks team was worse. No Just because we lost P.J. Tucker. I'm never going. I was I'm watching. People, man, P.J. Tucker, it looks like it's hard for him to score. Like, he doesn't look like he's good at basketball on offense. I hate it to say it. It is hard for him to score. He's got an uglier jumper than me, bro, and that's saying something. <laughs> and then he, like, have you ever seen him, like, put it on the deck? Because it's like, damn, bro. <laughs> like, did you ever put a hole like he's in the a ground? fucking center, man. He's like, oh, he's angry with everything. Like, I saw him man, do a, a putback dunk. He's angry. He sleeps angry. He had a putback dunk <laughs> last night, and I was like, man, you can jump that high to dunk the ball right now? That's insane. Dude, he was he snagging some offensive hot. Where was bro? What? <laughs> I did not know he could throw it down. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever seen him. Yeah, dunk. He definitely same. didn't dunk with us last year. I don't think he jumped. <laughs> no, he sat in the corner and waited for a three, and then he went to play defense. Yeah, which is, I guess, that's what we needed him for. That's but true. it's crazy to see that he has this much depth to his game that, frankly, I've never <laughs> seen on any team he's played for. Exactly. Nonetheless, though. Love PJ. Love this tenure. He's some dogs. Some dogs. And this Knicks team, with Tibbs at the helm, you know, bringing that that Bulls uh, culture to New York. And then, of course, he's got to go get his guys. Brings in D-Rose. Taj Gibson. Co- I mean, they both come with him wherever he goes. Yeah. They're both in Minnesota with him. It's a package but, deal. But there's no way... You can say this Knicks team did not get better. I mean, they're starting Alfred Payton at point guard, and now you got Kemba. Like, that right there, easy. Well, I think they got better on paper. I still don't think they're actual contenders. No. Um, I think that when your star player is Julius Randle, you will never be a legitimate deep playoff team. Uh, I think the best thing about them is Derrick Rose's, like, resurgence to, like, being amazing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that RJ Barrett will ever make the leap to being an all-star caliber player. I think he'll be a great defender. Yep. I don't know that his offensive game will ever get there, but I could totally be wrong. He's still very young. Um, and I also think that KD chose the wrong New York team because if he would have went there, they would have been the favorites. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, but- I like, I like RJ Barrett quite a bit. But you're right about his – he's very limited on offense. But he, he can put down the clamps. And before this season, he said, yeah, I'm going to be first team. I'm gonna be first, or I'm going to be on a defensive team. I don't know if he called out first team because that's – you know. That's, no, he, he said defensive team. Yeah. And then, and I mean, he's been really good. I saw a lot of – there's a couple ISO plays late in a Celtics game where he just put the clamps on Jason Tatum. He's like, yeah, no, you're not, you're not winning this game, bro. And then I just – Solid and Mitchell Robinson has had kind of a awakening. Like he can, he thinks when he plays basketball. He's on the court, now. huh? He ain't hurt. 
Yeah, he's I know, playing. but he's actually playing basketball. He's, he's playing with some IQ, which has never happened before. He usually just ran and then jumped and tried to beat that shit into the stands. <laughs> now he's like actually sitting down on defense and he's playing the role and he's helping. And it's like, it's really nice to see because I always liked him as a player, but more as a highlight. Now yeah. he's kind of playing positional defense, which is pretty, pretty fantastic. But D Rose kind of runs this engine because if he has an off night, Seems like they accept or the Knicks have an off night. A hundred percent. He's definitely the highest IQ player on their floor, like without you, a doubt. And the problem was in the playoffs last year, Tibbs beat him into the ground. Yeah. Ro- D Rose was playing way too many minutes to be that good and that effective the entire time, and that was kind of the problem with the Knicks. So if if they can, you know, that's just, and that's that's just what Tibbs does. Is he, he plays his starters and his guys so much during the regular season. He was even doing it in the preseason. He was playing these boys for thirty minutes, and you can't do that anymore. And that's and that's not a thing. Now they're getting their young guys involved with Toppin and Quickly. They're actually playing them and they look pretty good. I mean, Quickly has always looked good, but mm-hmm. Toppin now getting more tick, more experience actually looks like a solid NBA player. Adds a little excitement to the team. Right. Cuz ain't no stopping. Over <laughs> Toppin. I think that Thibodeau as a whole is like almost like Einstein's definition of insanity is just trying the same thing <laughs> over and over again and expecting different results. Um, he's always played his starters too much, and like they're mm-hmm. so worn out by the end. Of- Imagine if Derrick Rose back in Chicago had any other coach who wasn't just <laughs> like, yeah, it's okay that you can yeah. attack and flail into people for two years and expect to come out the other end or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, if he could get a handle on, like, like look at the Bucks. They're the, they're the championship team, and all of a sudden they don't care about the regular season. Like, that is the problem with the Knicks, is you see playoff Knicks basketball all year, and therefore you do not have to adjust to playoff Knicks basketball. They play too hard in the regular season for season, or for a season. Like, to the point where you go and you play them, and you know exactly what they're going to do when things get tough. Yeah, that's a good point, because if you don't have to make any adjustments, you're basically getting two games already going into a series. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The difference between this year's Knicks team and last year's Knicks team is that this year's Knicks team, like, makes threes. They've they've jumped from 24th last year in threes in three-point percentage to fourth so far. They're making 44% of their threes which is just an incredible number. It's crazy that that's fourth in the league because, you know, back in my day, if you shot 40% from three, that was fantastic. Now a a team shooting 44 is fourth in the league. But, yeah, they're actually shooting and making threes, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with Kemba and a lot of the other additions that they've made. Well, Evan Evan Fournier is no slouch himself, you know. Yeah, facts. I think the Olympics helped Fournier a lot. Yeah. Like, that confidence level. Like, I know he's not a rookie by any means, but he was balling in the Olympics. Yeah. This Knicks team kind of reminds me of the Celtics teams from the last few years, where they're just going to be good, but they're never going to be great because they just keep recycling the same things over and over. 
Absolutely. And with that, we can jump right to the Celtics. Oh, Celtics I'm a Laker fan. I will hate on the Celtics all day long. <laughs> well, they are 5-6 and six right now, 11th in the East. Easy uh, to hate on. They had a 104-88 win over Toronto last night. Jalen Brown did not play. And, yeah, like I said, since Kyrie's tenure with this team, they just keep running it back. There's no significant improvement or diminishment of the talent on their roster. It's the same guys. Is it time to just blow it up? They even brought back Al Horford. <laughs> hey, Al Horford's not the problem with that team. No, not at all. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. it, it, in line with what he's saying about them bringing it back and running it back every year, like they brought back Al Horford. I mean, Brad Stevens is the GM, so it kind of makes sense because so, he loved Al Horford. But God, I damn. think of the Celtics a lot like I think of the Portland Trailblazers. They have a really good young centerpiece. And then they keep trying to run it back with a person who's A, not making him, and B, not contributing in the way that he should. Like, I remember like a year ago, I'm pretty sure it was Joe tweeted something about CJ McCollum just being high usage Seth Curry. And it was the most (laughs) accurate thing I've ever said. The same can be said about Jalen Brown. You cannot be a championship caliber team with Jalen Brown as your second best option. He needs to be third or fourth, probably fourth on a second best, let alone Marcus Smart or any of those guys. Like, Jason Tatum is a fine young piece. Honestly, right now, he's probably more of a two than he is a first option on a championship-level team. Definitely. He should be. Well, it's because this team doesn't have any leaders. There's never been a leader on the Celtics team since Isaiah Thomas was there. And they're like, we can flip this dude for Kyrie Irving? But little did they know, Kyrie Irving was just going to be a nutcase the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Celtics front office well, that year did a phenomenal job. A great job. And then they got burned by Kyrie, and it seems they're like, well, I'm not going to take any risks ever again. <laughs> I know what I'm going to get. I know how many tickets I'm going to sell, and I'm going to run it back. And that was Danny Ainge's problem. He was so worried about accumulating assets and young pieces and trade or uh, draft picks that he never pulled the trigger ever. He just thought guys like A.D., and KD were going to want to come in free agency, but people really don't want to go to Boston. No. I mean, their fans are notoriously, like, shitty racist people. So, like, why would you want to sit? It's like going to the Jazz. Assholes. Like, you're not, yeah, you, you don't want to sit in front of those. Like, you have a bad game. You're getting booed like you're in Philly. Like, it's just a shitty city to play in. But to answer your question, yeah, it's time to blow it up. But... Hopefully, well, Brad Stevens, I don't think, is going to blow it up. I don't know if he's aggressive enough. I hope he's aggressive and enough. Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge would not lose a trade. He would never overpay to get an asset to push the team over the edge. He always was obsessed with winning the trade, accumulating assets, and like looking like the fucking genius Danny Ainge in, in that Nets deal. He's like, oh... Danny Ainge fleece them, and then they do nothing with any yeah. of the assets they got. And now look at so the like, Nets are the favorites. Exactly. Win. And because they went and mortgaged their assets and overpaid to get guys. It's like that's what you have to do sometimes to get your superstar centerpiece. So what they're going to have to do is trade Jalen Brown because he's at the highest value point he's going to be Ever. at because people think he's a number two, but he's really a number three at best. 
because he's just getting a ton of fucking burn. And he's, I mean, he looks good. Yeah. He makes some great plays, but he would be best served as a third option. And Jason Tatum, I mean, sure, he's great, but he loves taking fadeaways and pull-up jumpers, and he never wants to get to the free throw line. So that's always going to limit him, and that's kind of been the story for him his whole time he's been there. So trade Jalen Brown, blow it up, but it's not going to happen. All right. Well, if we want to trade Jalen Brown, I got I got four fake Jalen Brown trades. Uh, a couple of them would not be able to be done until February because some of the guys have just re-signed contracts. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart being the most notable one. Um, so the first one is Jalen Brown to the Washington Wizards for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Davis Bertans, a 2022 I'm first out. top 10 protected. <laughs> just I'm out. out. I'm, out. I'm out. KCP's too old. If you're going to trade for that kind of trade, you need to be trading in full rebuilding mode. I mean, you're getting a, a 2022 first. I mean, Davis Bertans sucks. Yeah, he, he ain't been able to shoot since he got paid. And KCP's on the back yeah, he, nine. He, I, I, I'm out. He was pulling up from 32 feet, cashing, and then he got the bread. He said, yeah, I'm not coming for the bubble. He took his bag home and never came back. I'm I'm to- I'm all the way out on that. All the way out. Nope. I want nothing to do with Dallas Bertans. KCP's not very good. If I'm trading Jalen Brown, I want to be getting, like, a star piece back. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons is a probably better for someone who's getting Jalen Brown, but it's doable. Like it's realistic. All right. How about Jalen Brown, Romeo Langford to the Grizzlies for Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, a 2022 first unprotected, and a 2024 second unprotected. That's interesting. Because Dylan Brooks brings kind of like that dog mentality that they need. And the Celtics are they, soft. That's, that's evil yeah, Danny exactly. Green right there, and, bro. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it's that significantly for blowing more it up. It's like, interesting. I think I would have to be in that driver's seat and really know behind the scenes if like we are okay with winning now. I would, honestly, I'd have to talk to Jason Tatum. Like, hey, are you okay with waiting a couple years, or are, yeah. are you in the? I don't, I don't think. Fuck it, trade Jason Tatum too. <laughs> well, see, I think what kind of happened to him was they got to the Eastern Conference Finals that one year without Kyrie. Jason Tatum threw down a dunk on LeBron, and all of a sudden the Celtics were like, "Hey, I think we're gonna, we just go do this every single year, right?" And then they didn't realize that no, that's not the case because other teams no. do different things and get better. But in the case of the Knicks and the Hawks, like the second you have that breakout year in the same way that the Hawks did, now the Hawks are like nowhere near as good because people take them seriously. That's the problem you have. And it was the same problem. But yeah, they just never took that next step. They never took the next step. And you. Yeah, because those teams and the Grizzlies are kind of feeling it this year. They, they got on that fringe play in, and now Jaws kind of ascending to superstardom. And. I, I feel like I would need to get Jaron Jackson back in that kind of a deal if I'm giving away Jalen Brown, just so I know I have a piece. And Jaron Jackson's value might be a little more suppressed than it has been just because he hasn't really proven that he's a guy. 
and Jalen Brown has had flashes of like, oh, this guy could be really good next to Ja. And then Jaron Jackson coming back would fit really well next to Jason Tatum. I don't know. I think that'd clog things up. You think so? Well, Jason Tatum's technically the power forward. I mean, he could. It's positionless now, anyway. It's but not then, like do you, wanna, you gotta. I mean, I guess he fits I, next. He can yeah, fit I next want, to Hor- But him and Horford are kind of the same thing. Yeah, they. You'd have to bump Al Horford to the bench. I'm sorry, Al. And, and then put never Rob happen. at the five. That's not happening in Brad Stevens Celtics. It's not Brad Stevens. We're Celtics. not talking about First what all, he's needs not to happen in the Brad Stevens. We're talking about what needs to happen for them to be a legitimate contender. <laughs> yeah. Oh, put, put Rob Williams at the five, Jaron at the four, Jason Tatum at the three, and then whoever Smart else Schroeder? at the one and two. I hate Marcus Smart. What, what are your thoughts on Dennis Schroeder? <laughs> I also hate Dennis Schroeder. I hate <laughs> it. They're the same player. <laughs> all right. Well, since we hate Marcus Smart. We'll send him on one. We got Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart to Dallas for Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Trey Burke, and a 2024 top eight protected first to Boston. If you're the Mavericks, you take that all day long. All day long if you have any idea what you're doing. that You want to talk about teams that need to get blown up? That team needs to get blown up. A hundred percent. Chris Porzingis looks like an old man. KP, he do be. Like he moves like he has arthritis. I could get off on a whole tangent about how I think the Mavs need to do something drastic before Luca just inevitably goes somewhere else. I I hated. I hated the Jason Kidd signing. Jason Kidd's an awful. Jason Kidd's an awful coach, and you can see it already. (laughs) Luca is not as good as he was before because he has Jason Kidd barking in his ear. Jason Kidd is a horrible coach. Luca also. Go ahead, Luca. Come on, you want you, you got a platform right oh, now. Oh, all right. So I drafted Luca Doncic third overall in my fantasy league, <laughs> not knowing the Jason Kidd effect would happen, and I would get what is essentially a fourth or fifth round pick out of him. And I don't get me wrong; I think he'll figure it out. But the, I, I honestly think the problem with the Mavs starts in their front office, um, purely because I, I, it's the same thing where like we have clearly plateaued, and Luca needs some fucking help. Luca needs some help. He should not have to drop 50 and 14 assists in the playoffs against the two best wing defenders in the game for them to have any semblance at making it a shot in the playoffs. There's no reason why that should be a thing. Kristaps Porzingis has been a, at best, B, maybe C-tier player for years now, and they keep trying to build him as a number two. That is worse than Jalen Brown as your number two. Kristaps Porzingis is not that guy anymore. Kirsten Porzingis was probably never that guy, but the Knicks were so bad you didn't care. <laughs> <That's that. laughs> I mean, he had a bad injury. Back when he was the original unicorn and he was doing everything, taking guys off the dribble, he was yeah, shooting absolutely. logo threes. Yeah. But it's so very can, clear he's not he that guy anymore. It. It's true. And it's he's never going to be. And after three or four years, you got to give it up. What is equally as bad is thinking that Tim Hardaway Jr., is a starter, let alone your third option. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. Facts. If they replace Tim Hardaway Jr. with Seth Curry, you would get three times the amount of value from that person for a very little. Like they had, they had 
Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. I know they did. <laughs> Three years I'm ago. aware. But, See, the, but usage were, was in Tim Hardaway Jr.'s favor they, and not they, Seth Curry. They traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. And that, that comes back to the Celtics because Josh Richardson gets a meaningful tick on that team. And he's sucked since he left the Heat. It's true. Anyways, back back to the trade. Do the back Celtics to the take trade. it? Probably no. I, I uh, if I'm the Celtics, I hang up for the phone for the Celtics to make that trade. They have to be insane. I mean, they have to be. It's it's more. They put a lot of drinks is, in me. How badly do you want to get rid of Marcus Smart? Because he's that much of a detriment <laughs> to the team. That, I mean, not Trey Burke. Bad. Hey, Trey Burke. Is solid. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last one. Josh Richardson and Jalen Brown to the Golden State Warriors for Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. I love Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> you like people who underperform? <laughs> yep. That you forget that you forget Dude, are playing. Forget I remember back in the day. When the Cavs made that trade for Wiggins for Kevin Love, I'm like, you have this young guy. He could have learned from LeBron. What are you doing? The Cavs' smart office was smarter than me. A hundred percent. So you're trading Jalen Brown for Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. And Josh Richardson's also coming yeah. to the Warriors. So you're Jalen Brown and <laughs> Jordan Poole. Yes. I mean – I I feel like that doesn't move the needle for the the Celtics very much because I mean you get wing or like scoring out of Jordan Poole and you get a disengaged should have been star like I don't know I I don't know if I'd have taken that but that sounds good for it the sounds Warriors. great for the Warriors I mean Jordan Poole is a baller I like Jordan, Jordan Poole a lot Jordan Poole can hoop he understands his role he plays it effectively and if you like regardless of what usage you give him you're going to get jordan Poole out of him he can have very low minutes he can have high minutes and it does not matter to jordan Poole. he's going to give you buckets he's gonna get in and he's gonna shoot that thing he's gonna shoot that thing and, and he's gonna make it more often than not a hundred percent he is so key to this warriors team can we talk about the warriors for a second i know so, we're talking about the eastern conference but I am yes. so happy that the Warriors are good again. Oh, my God. Because the Warriors are probably the only team still in the NBA who have superstars and still play team basketball. Yeah. They just – it's just so much fun. Draymond's back to defensive player of the year, Draymond. And, and prime facilitator Draymond not missing wide-open floaters, Draymond. And Absolutely. he's he's trying to score. Like yeah. he's He's aggressively going to the rack. I think that that missed wide open floater where he blatantly didn't want to take it last year and like towards the end of that. I yeah. think that probably woke him up. He's like, God, like I can't be scared to take a layup. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Ben Simmons. Ass. Okay, like yeah. Well, speaking of Ben Simmons, our last team we got for today is the Philadelphia 76ers. They are eight and four, tied for third in the East. And today, Rich Paul came out with a statement. Regarding the whole Ben Simmons situation, saying that uh, I truly believe the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shined on the issue. It's very unnecessary and has furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben or come out and say he's lying. 
Which one is it? It looks like there is no end in sight for this situation. I feel bad for Ben if he's if this is true and he's really going through something. That's an awful situation to be in, especially when you're in the spotlight like this. But when the team is trying to help you, you, you need to reach out and take the hand that's reaching out to you at some point or else nothing's going to come out of it. You're going to keep getting fined. The team's not just going to stop fining you because they feel bad for you. It's, it's still your job. You still have an obligation. And if you're not meeting that obligation and then you're not taking the steps to further yourself, to get back on the court, you just, there, there will be no end in sight. I mean, he just needs to get out of Philly at the end of the day. Like, this this whole situation has been toxic from start to finish. The relationship with Embiid will never yeah. be solved. I mean, like, <clears throat> when they went into full trust the process mode, Ben Simmons was the award for the process. And it's never it, – it's looked good, but it's never exactly panned out, obviously, how they wanted it to. But they revived this franchise. Like, Embiid and Ben Simmons are the reason this franchise is relevant right now. And now Embiid can do it himself, so they just need to move on from Ben Simmons before this just keeps getting worse and worse. He needs to go to Minnesota and just – he'll work perfectly next to Carl Anthony Towns. D'Lo can get shipped back in the deal and be a heat check scorer over there to play off of Embiid and just kind of – let this work itself out. Have Ben Simmons not have these massive expectations every year and kind of just let him figure it out on league pass where he's not on TNT <laughs> every, like, every week and a half. No better place <laughs> just, than Minnesota. Exactly. Just let him and Anthony Edwards. It would be a fun team to watch. It would be a fun too. team to watch, absolutely. And t- just let him play defense and – learn that he can take bad shots that he doesn't have these super high expectations that he needs to be an all-star player on offense and then a defensive player of the year candidate on defense he just can play because that's all ben simmons needs at the end of the day it's just like a team to tell him just go just go who we don't give a fuck like do your thing and i feel like minnesota is probably the best place for that i don't think that the Bar has ever really been that high for him in Philly. When he was, like, really good, or, like, you know, an all-star caliber player, uh, he they weren't expected to win the championship. Nobody had them as the favorites. Like, Embiid was hurt half the season when that was a thing. Um, I do like the idea of him playing for the Grizz, but they need to get rid of him as soon as possible. They don't need to get rid of him for half of the Warriors roster or whatever they're trying to do with it. They need to get rid of him now for anything that kind of makes sense because it's just going to plummet in value. And honestly, the Sixers are doing really well without Ben yeah. Simmons. And that hurts them yeah. in this in this situation. They're like, well, you guys didn't need him. So like, what? Like, if they had Ben Simmons, what would they have won? Maybe one more game? Maybe? But see, but the thing is, Daryl Morey is, he doesn't care. <laughs> that's That's the thing. Daryl Moore is not a championship-winning front office member. But he's a guy that has always been able to get a star 
from literally nothing. Sure. He got he got Harden, he got Chris Paul, he got Russell Westbrook. All within what six years in Houston, and so he's he's he can't lose the trade. That Maury is gonna have Ben Simmons end up in a psych ward before he trades him if he doesn't get what he and, thinks he can't get. But it's been proven he can't get that. Like, how many so times do you have to be told no in the door slamming in your face before you just figure it out? You're like the guy who cat calls women. Like, that shit doesn't work. But but Maury's just going to sit on it then until it, that value's recouped because that's just how he is. Well, is it going to be four years? Because Ben Simmons has a contract for four more years. Like, he's just going to sit on it for And that Ben long. Simmons will clearly play no balls until you lose. <laughs> ben Simmons will sit. He uh, does ben not. Ben Simmons doesn't even like playing basketball. <laughs> right, he likes playing Call of Duty and streaming it. Like, I mean, more power to the uh, guy. Says but, it, but it's not good for Daryl Morey. I mean, I'm, I'm going to disagree with the point you made before, Tyler, that you said that they never had, like, championship expectations because there were multiple seasons, like, 2019, 2018, where they were locked in to be a top two seed in the East. And that means that you're supposed to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they made it, like, six bounces away <laughs> from the Eastern Conference Finals for in 20, 2019. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's not like this team was never expected to do anything. It's that... The now you look back on it and it's like, well, Ben Simmons is not that good. But if you have the right cast around him, like that, they, they made it work, and Ben Simmons was a key role in. I that. think the thing with them was they he he was an all star, and he's still that exact same player. He just Absolutely. never got better. No, so yeah. you can't say he's a bad player. He's not. He's just no, he's the not same player. player. That's the thing. Yeah. And, and and that's not going to move the needle. Him being the same player year after year after year is just never going to move the needle for this team. And that's why. And he's never going to work with him. Yeah. And and that's why them choosing him over Jimmy Butler, who scored fifty points and took the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals. Yeah. In twenty twenty. That's the difference between that choice. And, and if, if I was Jimmy Butler, I'd have a problem with him too. Well, yeah. I know how hard Jimmy Butler works. <laughs> exactly. And that's why he hates. Which is why Ben Simmons fits into Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because Cat don't care. <laughs> They'll stream Call of Duty together. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, spot, rubies. <laughs> but. And then <laughs> Anthony Edwards. going to be mad for his whole career, though, if that happens. <laughs> if Ben Simmons goes there and him and Cat are just like roommates and don't give a fuck about basketball. He'll go sign a, pra- a practice squad deal and go play running back. For, for... <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be pitcher for the Twins and the wide receiver for the, for the Vikings. He'll just go around. He'll, go, he'll take a year off, just test the waters. <laughs> but out, outside of all of this, Embiid is now out with COVID. Tobias Harris just came back. And this team is still winning games. This was the, the Andre Drummond signing was the uh, the insurance policy on Embiid, similar to how the Lakers went and got Westbrook 
as the insurance policy for LeBron and AD because they missed so much time. That's why they went and got Absolutely. Drummond, and it's paying off. Drummond, he'll go in there. If he gets 30 minutes, he'll get you 15 and 15 and, like, six stocks in a game. Easily. Yeah, he's averaging 13 and 20. Jesus. Absolutely. Christ. In starts. Yeah. So, I mean, Philly's still got the pieces. Like we mentioned, Seth Curry and Tyrese Seth Maxey. Seth Curry's having a phenomenal year. Tyrese Maxey looks incredible, too. Incredible. So that, that, Such a huge pickup for them. That backcourt is just fine without Ben Simmons playing. So, imagine what it would be if they had this defensive player of the year transition monster you know, type of guy in Ben Simmons coming back. Sounds like the paint would be clogged. I think that, yeah, the paint would be clogged and their half-court offense would be worse. Well, well, obviously the half-court offense would I, be worse because they, <laughs> they, they play Ben Simmons in the dunker spot that he doesn't want to yeah, dunk yeah, the ball. Yeah, he spot. <laughs> <laughs> they need him to just play a high-post facilitator, except the problem is he's no he's just gonna They're just going to have him stand in there alone. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Shoot a flurry throw? Good luck. Yeah, okay, take it. <laughs> I, would, I would be yelling, Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> The entire his time. fucking head. <laughs> You'd just be like uh, playing defense, hit like right next to his ear. Just be like, hey, you won't shoot it. <laughs> Bro, imagine what game. Lance Stevenson would do. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Bro, I bet that's what Pat Bev does to him every time he plays him. He probably just sits in his ear hole and Absolutely, just like, hey, bro. Hey, shoot that shit. Yeah, you shoot big bitch. How <laughs> you 6'10 and suck at basketball? And, and we should have seen this all coming. I mean, when he was at LSU, that team didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Like, obviously the guy doesn't have the drive to win. No, he does <laughs> if, not care. If he is the number one pick in college and his team can't even make the NCAA tournament. So it's like... Yeah, he's trying to get paid. Yeah. Hey, he got paid. <laughs> You're not wrong. And, he not, and now he's paying for it. <laughs> and hey, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Uh, I hope he gets traded. Same. I, I hope both of them prosper from it too. Like yeah, the, like this. The Sixers tanked right, and whether or not you believe with that, like believe in that, I don't care. Like for their organization, they took five years off, and then they took five years on. It was what they should have done. And honestly, if they didn't get the shortest end of the stick that you could possibly have, like for what they did, on paper they did everything right, and then faults happens, and then Ben Simmons is wishy washy. And, I mean, before any of that really happened, Embiid wasn't Embiid because he was hurt so often. Yeah. Like, they never got their three draft picks playing cohesively at the same time. If you have three other draft picks of... Jason Tatum. You know, right, yeah, exactly. And I don't even <laughs> remember. It all comes down to their talent scouting, for sure. Yeah. But if you have a multitude of players that they could have drafted in those years and Embiid and one other random... Like, they could have fumbled one of the three. You know what I mean? And got another guy. But they essentially, at this point, have fumbled two of the three. And the guy that isn't the fumble now was the fumble for the first three years. Yeah. Like, it just never worked out. The timing was never right. And they really did get the short end of the stick. And, like, they did, in a free agency standpoint, they did things correctly. Like, they brought in J.J. Redick for leadership. And, like, like they really did what they could. I don't know that Doc Rivers is the coach, but he wasn't the coach until now. So... I don't know. Brett Brown Doc. was fucking ass. Uh, yeah, but like Doc, like Doc Rivers, man, like 
he's is gonna, is Doc going to lose games for you, man? Is he a I mean, coach? what? He won he a championship in 2009? Is that not the requirement? Can I go be a coach for how much they get paid? I'll be more hands-on, <laughs> I promise you. They don't have to listen. Well, I don't know if they listen to Doc. Doc, Doc Rivers got traded for what? A, a first-round pick? <laughs> from, I don't remember. From the Celtics to the, to the Clippers? I don't remember. Like, after after winning one championship in 2009, what has he actually done, though, for real? He won like, one championship with what is arguably the best super team up until that point. Like, that was the – I mean, yeah. like, Jordan's Bulls were arguably a super team, but it was significantly more organic than the, the Celtics. Yeah, it was, like, the best collection the league has seen since – They had a big four. Those, those Bulls teams. When most teams right. were lucky to have a big two. Like Yeah, and then he goes to – the Clippers and just underwhelms every single year. And now he's in Philly underwhelming again. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that says about him, but Hey, speaking of the Clippers, shouts out Paul George, man. He is, he is hooping, hooping, hooping again. That is Pacers, Paul George again, probably better than Pacers, Paul George. Like he's got something to play for. He got a chip on his shoulder. Finally. That's like thunder. Paul George, when he was getting that MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. MVP conversation. He was in the defensive, or first team mm-hmm. conversation too, and he hurt his shoulder. It's nice to see. As a Laker fan, I can't actually like the Clippers, ever. <laughs> but Paul George is hooping. Reggie Jackson, I'm happy for Reggie Jackson too. Zubac, I like Zubac like quite Zubac a bit too. as well. My mom calls Zubac him plays him. his role. Yeah, my mom calls him Zumbat. <laughs> Zubat. <laughs> I mean, and, and we've never even seen that team healthy because Ibaka hasn't had a nope. healthy back since he got there. I, I don't know if he ever will. No. I, 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 I think on. it might be just about over move for on. a certain see, but, see, I don't yeah. want to think about that because then it's like, is, is Brooke done? That I mean, that's what happens with these big motherfuckers. Like, they get hurt. They hurt their back, their knees, their feet, and mm-hmm. it's just like Too big downhill to exist, from man. there. Too big to exist. Yeah. It's hard, hard for Zion right now to think about all the positivity when he Jeez. just can't stay healthy. Bro, Zion. He has, he has options to uh, – prevent that from happening and it's not weighing 335 pounds <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. percent. don't supersize me like that's all he's got to do honestly i would like to i would like to come out and say that of all of the young talent in the league luca sh- probably should have been the one to take the crown i don't know that that happens anymore like of the face of the league i would be ecstatic if it was john Moran. Of the young, like I don't count Giannis because Giannis is is older. Well, yeah. You know, he's yeah. But my problem if that was I think got to be under twenty five to count as young. Yeah, with absolutely. Luka is that when you watch him, the way he plays is the same exact way James Harden plays right now. He but he does it better. He's a better natural scorer but, without getting to the line. But that's. Bad when you're that young and you're playing like a guy in his 30s who's lost sure. a step and is out of But shape. he's never had the step, though. Like, he's never relied on the step. He's been a slow white guy. He gives me hope. But, he should, <laughs> but he should still be in pristine condition. Like, Luca never looks like he likes basketball. Like, he, he never looks like he's having fun. Unless he's hitting some like step Anthony back Davis. burner game winner. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Unless he's like just hit a game winner, like it's just like he's always pissed. Yeah, he's about like, something. "Well, this is my nine to five, and I hate my boss." Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just all game long, he's just mad about every call about it, it's terrible his teammates not in position. Too. 
I mean, to oh, be fair, yeah. if I was as talented as Luca and I had to deal with the Mavs, I would be a little disgruntled too at this point. I'm not gonna lie. Well, that's fair, but basketball is supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anthony Davis always has that look on his face too, like he's always just like unsatisfied with something. Bro, like, bro, you got 34. Anthony Davis is a. You got 34, 12, and five. Yeah, and then the next game he'll have four rebounds. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then he'll limp off the court because Anthony Davis isn't the big man. Anthony Davis, I guarantee you, before every single game, watches vintage Carmelo Anthony <laughs> or just KD from the same night. You're not that guy, my guy. Go in the paint. What are you doing? Also, Frank Vogel, the play call when it is a go-ahead bucket in a crunch time of a game is not let Russell Westbrook dribble for 20 let seconds. Russ and neither Cook. Sh- <laughs> no, it's let Malik Monk cook. Sure. Any, anything is better than dribble for 20 <laughs> seconds, have Russell Westbrook shoot a brick three. At, nah, at, elbow jumper. At Come on, bro. 6% shot, like a field goal percentage. Or be like, here you go, Anthony Davis. You can dribble around at the three-point line for 20 seconds and then shoot a brick. What are you doing? Go yeah, I mentioned paint. this on our. I mentioned this on our last uh, NBA podcast, how – you watch Warriors basketball and then you watch Lakers basketball it's, and it's, it's like so you, bad. Went, you you went back like 30 years like people just don't know how to play anymore. Dude, it's like it's like if you're playing a video game and one guy paid money for all of the guns and all of the crazy <laughs> stuff you can buy and they have to work like a third as hard as the person who is free to play and the free to play guy just wins and should <laughs> yeah. every time. Like Oh, I will be a Laker fan until the day I die. It is disgusting. And it has been disgusting to watch for a little bit now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, on that note, that's all I got for this edition of an NBA pod. Y'all got a heat check? I got a heat check. No. You do? Oh. Why not? Tyler, you got a heat check? You got something you got to get off your chest? Um, I feel like I've ranted about the Lakers enough tonight. <laughs> uh, and the Mavericks. Um, How'd you feel about the about the Eternals? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, have you watched we'll, Dune? We'll leave Dune is great. If you haven't watched Dune. I did watch Dune. It was, it was solid. It, it's, yeah, solid movie for sure. One of my favorite watches of the year. I'm kind of taking, taking a Marvel two. break before they start dropping like mainstream shit again. Like, all these side projects. Like, after 10 yeah. years of Marvel, man, like, I'm just trying to chill for a year, and then I'll get back into it, like, when Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man and that kind of stuff come out. All right, that's a wrap on another edition of the Firestarters podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another edition. And you can hit us up at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. You can email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail.com. We want some interaction. We want to cater this podcast to you guys. And I want to thank Tyler for coming on and chopping it up about some NBA basketball. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I like being here. That was fun. And we will talk at you next time. Oh, peace.